song is always just so catchy. <laughs> I wanna love you forever. Uh, welcome, you guys. Welcome to the Melanated Way with April and Linda. We're so happy you're here. Happy Monday, guys. A lot of stuff happening. A lot of stuff going down the pipeline. Um, where should I start? I'll start with like the housekeeping stuff. Uh, bottom of your screen, you see where you can support the show. I say it every time, every week, every show. Uh, anywhere, Linda's so girl, you can support the show as well as their super chats and super stickers available. Um, and if you can't do that, go ahead and like and subscribe to both my channel as well as April's channel. That helps us out a lot as well. Uh, in the 90-day universe, you guys, a lot going on. Uh, TLC just announced that before the 90 days is coming back next month, June 4th. A lot of new couples, a lot of fresh places. Um, looking at the email and I will be sharing some updates about who these couples are and where they're from. And you know what? It's a whole fresh new take. They have an ASL couple. Um, they've gone to different countries. So it's not the same four countries that they always go to. So that's looking good. We're winding down on the other way. The tell-all is coming up shortly, and uh, I am not surprised. So we're going to get into season four, episode 14, Never Say Regret. <laughs> um, oh, Dre's back. Hello, Dre from across the pond. <laughs> Hello, dear. Hello, darling. It was Coronation Weekend, wasn't it? Coronation Weekend. Oh, Anyways, enough about that. Uh, thoughts, overall thoughts, April? This episode was a desert of margaritas and logic. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I am not surprised. If you guys go back to the very first episode that April and I covered, I said that I only thought that Gabe and Isabel were going to be the only couple that makes it. And I believe that that prediction came true. I, I mean, they didn't even have Nicole on this episode and y'all we're winding down. There's probably like one more episode before the tell-all. So, you know, are we surprised by the outcome? Are we surprised by any of these outcomes? I'm not surprised, but I am, I am taken aback by how hard um, Osama crashed and burned. Are like, you the a slow reveal. <laughs> Listen, I have a lot of stuff to say about Usama. <laughs> a lot. Uh, and just FYI, he recently joined social media. He is now on Instagram. And uh, so if you want to go buy his art, you can. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can. I, I, a lot of y'all have sent, sent me his profile. I took a peek and I'm still salty, so I, I'm not following him. There are like a couple of 90-day cast members from beginning to now who I just don't follow. One of them, she knows who she is and she knows why. Um, and Usama, well, we'll see. Maybe I'll follow him later, but right now his little bad attitude, I can't support that. We want the tea on the one person who knows why. I'll say this. The tea is, if you know me, if you know me from my After Buzz days, you know that there was a specific cast member that called me and my co-host bitches with microphones. And I am still salty about it. So she is forever and ever never. Yeah, go ahead. Try to look that up. <laughs> she called us bitches with microphones. I was like, oh, no, she didn't. And... uh <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. We okay. need to be impressed. And the interesting thing is, um, I don't want to put my friend out there. So there are a lot of 90 day accounts, right? On Instagram. Um, some have tons of followers and some have not so many. And uh, how can I say this? She, this cast member said this about people that run like some of the biggest 90 day Instagrams. Okay. So I'll say it like that. Later on. So until there's like some type of apology, then I just, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I understand. I wouldn't either. (laughs) Natatat says, give us another hint about the cast member. Pretty please. Y'all like, y'all like the drama. <laughs> that's, what that's what we're all here for. <laughs> yeah, you were, we're here for the show drama, not not the outside of the show drama. <laughs> Give me all of it. Uh, anyways, uh, shout out to the live chat. Oh, see, Mama Bobbles. Bubble says, I remember that. See, if you've been with me long enough, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. And that's, that's what I'll say. Uh, Drea, Dopey Dope, Amanda. Who else we got? Rebecca. Hey, girl. Hey. Stevie's in the house. Radella. We got a lot of good people in the live chat. I'm hoping that Jamie shows up because I have a few things to say to her. So hopefully she will be in the live chat again. Uh, let's start off with Jen and Rishi. What were your thoughts on their segment so far? Man, it's so embarrassing how they let her go on and on and on about thinking the only issue was the family house. Just like secondhand embarrassment listening to her think that, that was really the issue. Ugh. But not for a long, long time. I mean, I feel like she knew exactly what she was getting into and she had doubts before she went, but she still went. So here we are. Uh, Randy and Myra are still there. They're going to go to the market and go buy saris and um, do all that. But before they do that, the three of them go out for chai tea and they're talking about the reaction of the family and how it was way more positive than they expected and not knowing that, you know, they're basically being clowned. Like, yeah, you got the representative that mm-hmm. says, hey, yeah, everything's good. We're happy. Woohoo. Good stuff. Meanwhile, they're having the family meeting and the family meeting is a whole different situation. Right. So <clears throat> uh, Jen does say that the family behave very gracious, graciously. And I guess my question to you, April, is would you prefer the family was direct and honest to you? Or would you prefer them to have been gracious? I would have preferred them to be direct and honest. Um, She said she, the mom said she felt like she couldn't say in that moment because she was being taken off guard. But it it feels like to me, that's the bigger issue. The bigger issue with communication overall in these types of family situations is people wanting to care about being gracious and kind versus telling the truth. That's it. You know, and then Rishi does the same thing. Like, but if we just wait, if we just wait, if we just wait, then it'll be okay. Like, just tell the truth. Um, <clears throat> Mama Bubble says the same thing. I would want them to be honest. So 
one of the things we really learn about Jen that she puts like a hard stamp on is that she does not want to be part of a joint family. Her friend Myra says like, yeah, you're not that kind of person. Um, and they all have concerns about having to take care of his family. And again, I think that that also is a cultural thing, right? So this is something that she's not willing to be a part of, she being Jen. Um, what are your thoughts on that, being part of like a joint family? Is that something that you would do, something you would not do? Weigh in. I, I would do it. I think the problem, that's so nice. Thank you, Dopey Dope, for the super sticker. That's very, very kind. Thank you for supporting the show. You're always a great supporter, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, the expectation that she's going to take on certain cleaning duties and taking care of the mom and other, those are the things that I would not care for. Just living with other family members, I'd love for my family to all live together. But taking on responsibility for caring for someone, that's what I would not want to do. Amanda says, not me moving a thousand miles away from my family. <laughs> wow, y'all are hardcore over here. <laughs> hardcore. <clears throat> um, so she's like, you know what? I love Rishi, but I see the big picture now. And there has to be some compromise, right? So her deal breaker is she does not want to be in a joint family. She doesn't want to live with the family. She doesn't want to live at the family home. That's her deal breaker. Lo and behold, she doesn't know that the deal breaker is that there is no deal to be had because nope. you are not going to be accepted. And so all this talk that you're doing, like you said at the top of our show, is irrelevant. It's irrelevant because Completely guess irrelevant. what? They, they don't want you either. So you don't want that. They don't want you. No. So the girls go out to the market. Rishi comes over. There's a big hug, a big kiss involved. And one of the things that I just don't appreciate, I'm going to say it off the top, is I just don't appreciate the gaslighting. Like, go ahead, Rishi, and be direct and honest and tell her exactly what it is. Because why am I having a conversation about uh, living with the family? And if I don't want to live the family, we can live close by. Well, no, because they're not accepting you. They've already said hard no, hard pass. So why are you even entertaining that and having her head filled with nonsense? Doesn't we know why sense. now. We know why now. We see how his mom just communicated. So you've been modeled probably your whole life this idea of, you have to be nice to people first, be nice first, as opposed to being honest and direct. Yeah, and I don't appreciate it. I don't, I don't, appreciate it. It. I don't like it. I don't like it. And and so he comes in and uh, she's like, you know, so are your is your family good? Are they still happy? He's like, no, they were shocked. They were shocked about how long we were engaged and why we were engaged for so many years. Um, and then to camera, he's like, you know, I'm really nervous, um, <clears throat> because I made Jen believe in me. I made her think that I'd make things happen. And now I have to tell her that my family is not going to accept her. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. I bet, I bet you feel nervous about that mm -hmm. because yeah, you've been gaslighting her the whole time. Mm -hmm. So she's thinking everything is fine. And even you coming over right now, you're making it seem like, oh yeah, yeah, there's really no problem. They, I mean, they were shocked, obviously, that we've been engaged for three years, but that's beyond anything else that's an issue, right? So Jen pushes in a little bit more and says, you know, what about the joint family situation? Um, because it looks like they had a hard line on that, right? And he's like, yeah, they did. You know, there's no one left to take care of my family. And then Jen's like, you know, I'm not ready. Um, to do that. 
and I'm not ready for me to move in there, but that's just not something I'm interested in. It seems like a prison to me. And he's like, and she also said, and it seems like you're not ready to leave your house. And he's like, well, I do prefer a joint family. So he doesn't say, yeah, no, I'm ready to leave the house. He just says, oh, I prefer a joint family. Mm-hmm. He's just dragging it out unnecessarily. Unnecessarily. And I'm also, because you guys know I'm big on, like, let's have these conversations before you get into these long-term relationships. Like, why was this not something that came up before? And if it mm-hmm. did come up yeah, and he gaslit you and said, yeah, 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 it's all good, then you absolutely would should not want to be with him, period. Yeah, well, he lied about it. He he finally admits that he lied about it and said that he told her that he would choose her when in actuality he never would have chose her. Never. He was always going to choose his family. That part. Uh, hello, Shanta. Hello, Francesca. Hello, live chat. Um, yeah, I mean... Just you saying that makes me angry saying the next thing that I'm about to say where he says, well, we could live nearby. My note literally says what all caps. So he doesn't think it's a big issue. Again, my note says what all caps. So, but the big thing is, so, oh, don't worry. If you don't want to be in a joint family, even though that shouldn't even be something that we're talking about, the big issue is your age. They were totally opposed to it. You're too old. And so they said, no, we don't approve. Jen thinks that's ridiculous. And she's like, you know what? You're wasting my time. And he's like, well, you know, I don't have any words. And she's like, no, I have the words. Just stop. You're wasting my time. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, you know, if if this was an issue from the beginning, like, why did you even propose? And hi, Diana. And he had the audacity, April, to say that age bothered him from the beginning. Yeah, all that kissing she was doing and saying goodbye to him, I wouldn't have been able to stomach it after him saying, yeah, it was an issue I had from the beginning. Sir? Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I literally don't get it. So on the one hand, you say age bothered you from the beginning, but on the other hand, you you spent three years. Yeah, I know the pandemic was wrapped up and all that, but you still spent your time and energy. And then you proposed not once, but twice. And then that, then you say, but it's a hard no from the says he told her that She's like, you know what? You told me that you would choose me over the family. And he says he doesn't mean it. So you just continue to lie to her face. He didn't mean that he'd choose her. Never thought he would have to decide. He just thought that that was something he would say to pacify her. And says the camel, he'll always choose his family. But, but he doesn't want to lose her. Have you lost your friggin' mind? So what exactly are you saying? You want to just continue to string her along just to string her along so that she can stroke your ego or whatever you, whatever, like, what is he getting out of it? I don't understand it. I don't know. He wants her to be some kind of mistress. I don't know what, what, there's no real option here. That's Francesca's reading my mind. What was Rishi's game plan? I don't get it. 
money question mark i don't get it and like, i don't he, get it why would he agree to go on tv well i mean the fame right the fame part of it but the part that I'm still trying to wrap my mind around is like, you're saying all this stuff, but then you're not ready to lose her, but you're also not ready to stand up to your family and say, Hey, this is the person I love and I want to be with her. Clearly to me, that tells me that you don't, you didn't really love her. Not a peep. You didn't say one single thing in her defense. Nope. Nope. And then she's like, okay, well, I'd like you to leave. And he's like, I'm sorry. She's like, I'm sorry too. I don't want to lose you. He starts crying and then he's needy. He needs hugs. He needs kisses. He doesn't want to leave her because he doesn't know when he'll ever see her again. But I'm like, again, why is that her responsibility to take care of you when you're the one that would not even stand up? Like you guys are breaking up because you've decided that because everyone said no in your family and you lied and said you would choose her and you're not choosing her, but you don't want to lose her. Like just make it make sense. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. So she gives the ring back. Um, he's feeling sad. He says he's feeling alone in the world and he's feeling hopeless. And again, I think that my thought process is, well, you brought this upon yourself, really, at the end of the day. Very much. Um, any other thoughts on your end, April? On Jen and Rishi, my only last thought is if people would just be more honest with themselves, these kind of situations could be avoided. If he was honest with himself that he was never going to choose her, this all would have been avoided. True. Absolutely true. Gabe and Isabel, overall thoughts in their segment. I feel like Monica is being villainized and she has probably done nothing wrong. That's that's what I'm feeling and I'm sticking to it. I'm torn. Uh, Natatat, I don't believe that I'm skipping on my end. I don't hear skips on April's end either, but I'll, I'll keep my eyes open for that. Um, I'm torn on this whole Gabe, Isabel, Monica situation. I agree with you, I think that People are quick to villainize Monica. And I spoke on it last week. And I think that um, for someone who's always protecting her brother and uh, sticking up for him and saying that they're close and there was the three musketeers, him, the mom and her, um, I think that that's just like a sister's love. However, I feel... And again, like I said, you guys, I'm torn, but I do feel that having a fight the day before someone's wedding and then telling them the day of their wedding that you're not attending um, is a little bit harsh. I think that maybe put aside whatever your differences are for the sake of this memory that you guys are creating together um, and also for not to create stre undue stress, but you know, people have feelings and I can understand that too. So that that's why I'm a little bit torn, April. Mm -hmm. I see that. I could see that. You know what I mean? Mm 
Um, so it's the wedding day and uh, Gabe's out here clipping his nose hairs, which I think was a little too much information for me personally. Don't care. Just do your grooming. I don't need to see all, uh, uh, all this, but whatever. And one of the things that he said that I think that at least for me, it rang true. So he worried that he would never get married. He worried because he's uh, transgender. I worried because my God, years are going by and I've yet to meet the person. Lord, oh Lord. <laughs> Anyways, um, hopefully he's out there somewhere. But meanwhile, um, he's like, you know, he can't believe this day has come. It's very special to him and, and that's great. And then he explains how Monica texted him and said that he's not coming, or excuse me, that she's not coming to the wedding because of the fight or disagreement that they had the night before. And so I thought it was the fight from the last episode, but apparently they were all supposed to get together and Isabel was running late. And so Monica was like done for the night. She's like, I'm ready to go home. But Gabe was like, oh, we shouldn't leave until Monica gets here. And that's what caused the problem because, or excuse me, until Isabel gets here. And Monica's like, well, why? Like, is she going to be upset? And can you not have that conversation? And I feel like this is where things get just weird. Because I feel like Gabe presents Monica one way. And I feel like he presents Isabel another way. Mm -hmm. To each of them, he presents them not in the best light. And mm -hmm. I think that that causes an undue friction that mm -hmm. really wouldn't be there if he was just open and honest with everyone. Right. There was something else that struck me about that conversation. Why is Isabel out doing last minute wedding stuff and you're just sitting in the bar? You mean the day of the wedding or just in general? Like the day, this was the night before, apparently. Yeah. There are things to be done. You've been in Florida all these months that she put everything else together. Why isn't that as soon as you get back, you're like, give me as much as I can do to make up for all the work that you already did while I was gone? It's a good question. Why is it we're sitting waiting for her to bar while she's running out and doing last minute stuff that didn't hit me right. Um, I didn't like that. Um, I also didn't like the fact that he was saying, we have to wait here until she gets here. Monica has traveled in. She's tired. People are tired when they travel. She wants to go, go to sleep, be ready for the wedding the next day. Yeah. Why are you making a big deal about that? That part. And not only making a big deal, you're throwing Isabel into it and you're throwing Monica under the bus. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't, he presents like Isabel is unreasonable. Right. And he presents like Monica has an anger problem. That's right. And we haven't seen either of those things. That part. And yeah, I just, I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate it at all. And I don't appreciate getting into that stereotype, right? Because as we know, oftentimes women of color are put into a stereotypical box that is not true. And, and part of that is, oh, they're aggressive or they're angry or they're this. And, and it, it gets, I get tired of hearing it. And it's unfortunate that that stereotype is, is, is a little bit trying to be perpetuated in this situation. And it's unfortunate that Gabe is the one that's running with that. And I think that it's, it's 
more about communication and it's more about his lack of communication skills than anything else. Well, yeah, there's lack of communication, but then there's also, there's this weird way that Gabe is playing into gender roles in a way that I did not expect. Yeah, you said that last week. I, you want to elaborate a little bit more for people maybe that don't know what you mean? Yeah, it seems as though when we see the way that he behaves around other men and the way that he characterizes the women in his life, that it has an edge to it that's not just untruthful, but it's like stereotypical. But do you think that that's, and I don't know, and I'm asking, and if this sounds ignorant, you guys, I'm sorry, but I'm asking uh, to to learn. But do you think that that could possibly be because he is transgender and he is trying to fit into whatever he believes society says males should be like? Unfortunately, I think so. I think that a part of the toxic masculine narrative is to speak negatively about women and the way that women behave. And perhaps that's where this style of communication is coming from, because we have seen evidence of him trying to be more uh, one of the boys when he speaks to, you know, the basketball friend again, for example in a derogatory way about Isabel. Um, so I, unfortunately, I mean, this is a small sample we're looking at, but mm -hmm. this small sample to me is a glaring um, and unfortunate stereotype of genders. Gotcha. Dopey dope with the super sticker again. Thank you so much. And you thank know, you do so have to, I will say this. I, I really truly appreciate it. And I was just talking to April before air as I've been, you know, freaking out because there's a writer's strike here. Um, I just, I'm finding out that the actors are gonna be going on strike soon. And as you know, this is an entertainment town. And so it's gonna be a rough little time. So I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the support, Dopey Dope. It really did touch my heart. Thank you. Um. We'll talk about that later, you guys, in the live chat. So because Gabe and Monica got into it, um, she's not coming. She's out to the wedding. And Gabe is upset about it, says that Monica's going to have to live with the memory of not going to the wedding. I, too, think that, you know what, just go ahead and go to the wedding. You, you traveled all the way there, so why not just arrive and be there and have that memory? Would you have would you have done the same thing, April, or, or what? Well, it depends. If I could go and pretend happiness, I would. But if my anger was at the point where I would have acted out or I would have been grumpy or it would have been obvious in photos that I was enjoying myself to the point that I'm a distraction, then I would not go. I would not want to make my sour mood everybody else's problem really hmm. some of us can't control our faces in some situations and if if her anger or disappointment or um whatever she was feeling got to the point where she knew that she's not going to be able to pretend to be happy in that moment then i could understand not going 
But I'm also the same person who uninvited one of my sisters from my baby shower. So perhaps I'm not the best. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, uh, Amanda says, I guess I'm not sure what she is so upset about. Uh, Dopey Dope coming in with a super sticker again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Renee says, I do think in the end, Monica will attend the wedding. Listen, you guys, I, 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 uh, I think that we'll just agree to disagree. I would have gone to the wedding and I'm one of those people that sometimes, well, not sometimes all the time. Let's just be real. My face says it all. And <laughs> I just, I, I would have had to go. And I think Monica will go. I think she's just mad in the moment. And I think she will go. So Gabe is upset. He's crying. He feels like this whole situation is hurtful. Um, and then says something to his mom that I just find interesting. He's like, why would she act this way? It's always been the three of us. So you continue to say that it's the three of us, it's the three of us, it's the three of us. Yet you continue to throw Monica under the bus. I don't understand it. So either the three of you are close and you'll always be there and you'll be able to put your differences aside because you are the three musketeers or you're really not that close and you all have some communication issues and hence you guys have a fight about what exactly that you're so mad that your sister decides that she's not going to come to your wedding now. Oh, Dre, thank you so much. In my opinion, Gabe has shown that he is dishonest and he's playing both sides, Isabel versus his family. I agree with that statement. I feel like he is playing both sides and I feel like he doesn't realize that it's coming across as dishonest. Would you agree with that, April? Yeah, I do. And I was wondering, what does he get from that? What does he get from trying to put this barrier up between them and I couldn't come up with a good answer. Um, why Why would he do this? Maybe he just doesn't know what it's like to have happiness in that way. I was thinking that. I was also thinking that maybe he's only ever been in toxic relationships. And so he only knows how to be toxic. And I'm not saying that he's toxic in all aspects of his relationship. But mm. I feel like he thinks that I have to protect my relationship with Isabel and it can only be me and Isabel in this bubble and and her family and then I need me and my family to be in our own bubble but I don't want the bubbles to bubble together right okay. because, because in that sense then I'm gonna have to deal with any issues that I have that maybe one bubble knows about but the other doesn't or it takes away from me being the center of attention mm-hmm because I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like Gabe is used to also having everyone protect him and protect him because he is transgender and the world maybe, I don't know if this is true, I'm just thinking, uh, but maybe, you know, it's a harder time for him in the world. And so everyone else that understands him and knows him is always going to protect him and he knows that and he relies on that and if you have the two families come together and all of a sudden they're talking and loving amongst each other then he doesn't get to be that center and be protected does that make sense i think so oh well there you go linda yes 
be the focal point. Yeah. That makes sense, Linda. <laughs> um, Scandala says, in my opinion, I think Gabe is stuck in victim mode and it has to always make someone the villain. Maybe. So either way, here we are. It's three hours to the wedding. Um, Isabel is, you know, she dreamt about this day. She wants everything to be perfect. I did love the interaction she had with her dad. Um, and her dad saying, you know, this is a serious commitment. This is your life. I want you to stay calm and cool and have a great time. Know that, you know, things happen in, in relationships, um, things that are out of your control, but know that ultimately God has the authority and he, he held hands with his daughter and it was just a beautiful moment. I, I just, I loved it. You know, I, I loved it. it. Um, and so, and then into even to camera, the dad again, amazing. He's like, you know, it's a beautiful day. It's a very special day. And me giving my daughter to Gabe is very special. And he loves the whole situation. And I just thought that the whole thing was beautiful. Do you know? It's and true. I do want to say this. I know that without making it about faith or religion. But I do know that one of the things that Gabe has always talked about, he said like the most religious people have always been the meanest, meanest to him um, and the ones that have trolled him the most. And I think that in this moment, it's just very special that someone who is outwardly a believer is embracing him wholeheartedly. And I just thought that the contrast of all of that was, was beautiful to see. Yes, I agree. Um, first time crying on 90 Day Fiance. Oh, girl, welcome <laughs> to the Cry Club. And so, Isabel even talks about it, talks about the family support and how wonderful it was that the family rallied all around them. And one of the things we find out too was that the mom basically pulled all nighters and put together all of the bridesmaids' dresses. Mm -hmm. Um, which I thought was beautiful. And so then they she arrives at the farm and Gabe is nowhere to be found. She doesn't know what's happening. She hasn't really talked to him since the morning where it was like, hey, I love you, I love you type thing. And then she gets a message and all the message says is that he's running behind. Um, doesn't say why he's running into behind, doesn't say when he's gonna get there. So she's starting to get a little bit irritated. It's 90 minutes to the wedding. Gabe is still not there. And you could tell, like, people needed to be setting up. And I was, like, wondering, where are the people that are supposed to be helping? Were you wondering that at all? I was, too. And then I was, like, is she just, is there are friends and her are setting up everything on their own? There's no outside help? I mean, I don't understand. Because it looked like there was no outside help, right? It didn't look like there was anybody else coming. But what do I know? Maybe that's normal. I mean, I don't. I don't know if it's really normal. I. I think that, like, who's in charge of the venue? No. Girl, I went to a wedding once where I was asked to help set stuff up, and I was like, "I'm a guest. What is happening?" <laughs> Amanda says that if he can play one party against the other, he will always have someone on his side. That's true. That is that is true. I never looked at it like that. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so they arrive at the farm. Gabe's not there. 90 minutes to the wedding. Gabe's still not there. 
And meanwhile, it flashes and Gabe is literally not even dressed. He's lying in the bed. I don't know if he showered yet. I don't know what was going on, but he's in the bed. And this is where, in my opinion, mama needs to step up to the plate and be like, you know what? You need to get your esh together. Get up. Let's make this day happen. Because now you're not only punishing your sister and your feelings, but you're punishing your wife for not being where you said you were going to be. What are your thoughts, April? I'm thinking, what would I do as a parent in this moment? I think I would check in in a way that Gabe's mom has not because she doesn't care about her kids fighting with each other. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would check in and say, what is going on for you right now? What's happening in your head that is preventing you from being able to get up and get dressed? Tell me what's going on. Yeah, immediately. Can we do this in the car? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Can you have your breakdown after the wedding? Um, Okay. So you guys, I, uh, I often talk about my Patreon and a lot of my Patreon subscribers, I do see you guys in the live chat right now. Uh, You guys have known about this for a long time a long, 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 long time. And I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a tease. I'm not going to give you all the stuff that the Patreon people know because I have video and footage and all the things. Um, So if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, you need to turn away immediately. So I'm going to say spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you do not want to be spoiled with anything that comes with Gabe and Isabel, then I want you to go ahead and step away, turn your volume off, close your eyes, whatever you need to do for the next three minutes. Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of what I know that, uh, has happened, uh, with Gabe and Isabel and, uh, as if you want more then you have to come over to Patreon cause that's where all the, the magic. <laughs> sure. What do you think this looks like April? Looks like a wedding. Looks like a wedding. Looks like a wedding. Like a reception, more specifically. Looks like a wedding. Um, so as you guys know, uh, the guy on the left is Isabel's best friend. And uh, these are first look photos. But, you know, for some of us, we've seen these and more and video and all of that stuff. Uh, but I will throw it out there that uh, they make it, they make it, they make it. Um, they, they make, they make it and they had made it and that's all I'll leave you guys with. So Gabe does get out of bed. <laughs> he does get out of bed and he, does, what time. <laughs> <laughs> and he does make it to his wedding. All right, let's move on to who has quickly become a fan favorite. Um, our dude did not look showered. Oh my God. Amanda says, yes, join us over at Patreon. Uh, Raydella says, yes, join us. Join us. Um, okay. Debbie and Usama. Debbie has quickly become the fan favorite. Um, everyone yeah. see, wants to see more of her. People are already talking spinoffs and the single life and all of that. I would not be surprised, you guys. She's definitely set herself up for some good things. I would not be surprised if we see her on The Single Life. I would not be surprised if we see her 
and her son on Pillow Talk. Um, so don't be surprised. But overall thoughts on their segment. I mean, okay, this was the second time that I cried. So my first two 90 Day Fiance cries were in the same episode. When okay. she said, Osama doesn't win, Debbie wins from this. Ugly cry. Ugly cry. <laughs> I mean, because it would be so easy for her to retreat back into where she was for 12 years, not letting anyone in. And I can relate to this, not 12 years, but I can relate to the feeling of, geez, every time I stick my big toe out there, somebody hurts me. Yeah. Why would I keep on doing it? Yeah. Absolutely. But she said she's going to, you know, keep moving forward and keep going and, and good for her because what a hurting thing to have told all your friends and whatever communities you were in, your art community, your church community, you tell everybody you're leaving for the love of your life. And now you have to go back home. That's a hurting thing. That made me real Southern to call it a hurting thing. <laughs> Um, I think this is the first time in 90 day history and I've been watching since day one that one of the people in the couples have come to their senses and said, no, I'm not doing this. I don't think I've ever seen it in the entire 90 day franchise history where you're like, nah, you're scamming me. You don't want to be with me or you want to be with me the wrong reasons. I'm out. So bravo for Debbie for doing that. Bravo for Debbie for being, you know, a little bit up there in age, but clearly a smart cookie where she's like, I know what I want. I know what I deserve. And I'm not putting up with any of this nonsense. So absolutely. Debbie, um, bravo to you. Bravo <laughs> to you. The fan. The fan. packed all her peacock stuff and got the heck up out of Morocco. She sure did. She sure did. So, um, obviously, Debbie and Osama had the fight. Uh, Debbie is convinced that he is using her for a green card. And so he decides that he's going to meet with his sister. And I thought it was interesting, him and his sister meeting, because the way he explained things, I was like, oh, so you gaslight your sisters as well, or your sister as well. So he meets with his sister. He talks about how his sister tries to help him understand women. And I was like, well, do we know about his dating background? Has he dated before? Or is he like Mahmood? I don't remember him ever talking about his dating background. I do remember him saying he didn't have any friends. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what his history is. So that being said, his sister helps him try to figure out women. So he tells his sister what happened. And how he tells her is ridiculous. Because he says, <laughs> basically, he's trying to paint. He doesn't want to talk, doesn't want to hear anything. And Debbie is pressuring him and stressing him out about the future and future plans. And all he wanted to do was paint. Well, that's exactly not really what happened, right? Like she was talking to you, but she was talking to you because she heard some things from your family that she was hearing for the first time. So she wanted to paint and talk, talk and sip, figure it out, right? So that was the first part. I was like, oh, well, you're not really telling your sister the full story. Um, the second part is he explains that he got mad, right, at Debbie, 
and that quote, he wasn't aware of what he was doing. And when I tell you that that set all red flags, like I was just seeing red flags all over the place because I'm not saying that this is him, you guys, but I am saying that in domestic violence, in domestic abuse situations, domestic violence and abuse can come in many forms. Um, it can, it's not just physical, it can be verbal, it can be financial. There are many ways that people can exert their domination over you uh, in a toxic way. And so the words, so what's happening here? We We zoned out for a second. Can you still hear me? Okay, I can hear you now. You went away for a moment. Yeah, we both went away. It was super weird. Okay. Okay, we're back. We're back. Um, so I was saying that it just rang red flag for me. So you're not, a, when you get mad, you're not aware of what you're doing. And that's a scary thing to me, right? Because you being mad and angry, what does that look like? You don't know. And you're not aware of what you're doing. Well, why are you not aware? You're a grown ass man not acceptable and then more red flags because he then says he regrets it later and he couldn't control himself red flag after red flag after red flag okay those are all signs of this is not a good look get out get out now exactly and so um he says but you know i love debbie so you can't control your temper. You're not aware of what you do, but you love Debbie. Are you guys seeing the cycle? Because it's a cycle right there. Yeah, exactly like she said. It's a cycle. And this is a sign that you should not be in this relationship regardless. Because in my opinion, Usama has some things to work on himself before he gets in any relationship. Because yeah. this, this, everything that he said there, scary to me. Yeah. There's so many red flags already that this almost doesn't matter. But another thing that I saw watching this is he doesn't accept what Debbie ever says to him as truth, of her true feelings. Yeah. Because he never cared about her true feelings. He cared about the plan. And the live chat, like Scandalous, who says, Usama uh, invested six years in this long con and stupidly revealed his cards before marrying her for the green card. The funny thing is, scandalous, is that he's not the one that revealed it. His family did. So what he didn't do was set up his family like, hey, don't say anything about me going to America because I haven't told her yet. So yeah, he had the whole long con going. But when you're a liar, guess what? Your lies are going to be revealed and they're going to be revealed by friends and family members because they don't know what you lied about and what you didn't lie about. Mm -hmm. um, so that being said, I just thought this whole, that whole part was a little, it was a little like cringe to me. It was a little cringe to me. So um, he then played like a language barrier. So he says to his sister that he didn't understand when Debbie said that she was moving to Morocco, that it would be forever. Um, he thought that she'd come, they'd stay a little bit, they'd get the quote paperwork done and then they would be US bound. Um, 
And then he goes on to say he doesn't have money. So she's in Rabat. That's where she wants to be. And he's like, I don't even have the money to move to Rabat. And I was like, but so you don't have the money to move to another city in your own country, but you feel like you're going to be able to move to the U.S. How are you going to move? Oh, you, you're expecting Debbie to pay. That's what I'm reading between the lines. Are you reading that between the lines, April? Oh, absolutely. I mean, even more between the lines was when he said that they would come and get the paperwork done. Like there was absolutely no, we would get married. We'd have our lives together, get the paperwork done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the, the rub is you can marry somebody and still not be approved by immigration. How often does that happen, April? I don't know the statistics on it, but it's, I mean, they could find, even without finding fraud, they can say, we don't believe that this is a bona fide marriage and just deny your application. Mm. They don't have to find fraud in it. They could just find some other issue and say, we're not going to go all the way to fraud, but we're not approving it. Gotcha. Then the sister said, because I told you your family can out you, the sister said, you had a plan since day one to live in the U.S. You had a plan since day one to live in the U.S. That was everything I needed to hear. Okay, mm. so if you all had any doubt, if you all were like, oh, maybe this, maybe that, you know, I see in the live, they're like, oh, well, she was preying on him and all this stuff. Listen, he knew exactly what he was doing when he was doing it. And like the sister said from the sister's mouth, he had a plan from day one and he didn't care who it was. He was going to get to the U.S. by any means necessary. Um, so then he goes on to tell his sister that he never agreed to live in Morocco permanently. Well, you, that's where you're from. <laughs> I, what do you mean never agree to live where you're from, where you do live permanently to not live there permanently? Cause that sounds to me like you're looking for a way out and you thought Debbie was your way out. Sounds ridiculous. Okay. Then the sister says, you know, she knows her brother can be harsh. He can be harsh with those people that he loves. He's even harsh with her. And I was like, no, what we're not about to do is downplay the fact that this is all very like brimming with abusive behavior. And I'm again, I'm not saying that that's it. I'm saying that it's brimming with mm -hmm. the signs are there. Mm -hmm. My red flags are out. Mm -hmm. okay. waving. waving, waving, waving harder than they've ever waved before. That part, listen to the words that are coming out of his mouth because not only are his words not matching his actions, but his words are telling you exactly what you need to know. So then, um, the sister says, You know what? Maybe just show her you love her and she'll take you back and you guys will live happily ever after. And my note says SMH. And you know what he says? Oh, you know, I, I, I do, I do, I do want to be, I do, I do. And then he says, in general, I love her. What what does that mean? In yeah, general? exactly. What does that mean in general? What does that mean? Like versus specifically? Right. I don't specifically love her. I just love the fact that I have the opportunity to go to America. Anyways, we're in Rabat and uh, Debbie's heard from Usama. He wants to meet up in a cafe. She doesn't really want to go, but she's going to go. 
And one of the reasons she doesn't want to go is because she's starting to see a pattern in him, which we just talked about the whole like anger blow up says he doesn't know what he's doing and then Mm -hmm. apologizes. And she even says he's like a professional when it comes to apologies. She goes on to say that she loves him so much and wants her Osama to come back. And again, that to me, April is all wrapped up in that weird DV type of situation, right? Where you're like, oh, but he's not normally like that. Or she's not normally like that. She's like, that. like, no, no. This is, this is the person who- This is who he is. This is who he is. And that's all parts of him. Mm-hmm. And so she gets to the cafe and I love- a Debbieism comes out, and I was super excited. I don't even know what it is, but I was <laughs> excited to hear it. So she sits down in the cafe. Uh, the server comes over, and she says, "Do you have any Texas margaritas?" <laughs> the confusion on the server's face. I was confused. What's a, what's the difference between a regular margarita and a Texas margarita? It's enormous. Oh, the Texas are big because yeah. everything in Texas is big. That makes sense. <laughs> And then uh, the server's like, "Uh, yeah, we've got tea and coffee. And then she's like, well, do you have any abstinence? And I just, I was like. If they don't have margaritas, they do not have absinthe. (laughs) She's ridiculous. (laughs) Scandalous says Debbie's reliving prohibition in Morocco. It even goes with her outfit. She came from the 20s. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of, remember what's her name? I think maybe it was Laura who was trying to make wine from grapes. Yep, that was Laura. (laughs) Which she was, she was not in Morocco. She was in Tunisia. Tunisia, yeah, I think she was in Tunisia. Chris <laughs> says, I missed that whole part. So the sister makes excuses for his behavior. Yes, yes, she does. Well, he didn't give her a real, like, true description of what happened between them. No, but I think that C. Cruz is responding to the fact. And he's even harsh with me. Oh yeah, that part. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um. So, no Texas tea. Oh, excuse me. No Texas margaritas. It's tea or coffee. I think she orders like a cappuccino or whatever. Um. And then we see Usama come through, and he's talking about how he loves Debbie, and he loves her for more than just the green card. He loves her for the poetry and the paintings. And then he reveals himself, April. He reveals himself because he couldn't leave it at that. He couldn't say, you know what? I love Debbie because we bond over poetry and art, he says. And at any moment, you can lose everything. (laughs) You know what that was? That was a Freudian slip because he realized that his six-year con scam is about to be over. And at any minute, you can lose it. So mm-hmm. this whole thing is blown up in his face and he realizes that that ticket that he thought he had to America 
gone in any minute. Like a fart in the wind. <laughs> he could have salvaged it, but he just didn't have the patience. He ran out of patience. That Her part. whistling while he was trying to paint just sent him over the edge. <laughs> he sits down and he's like, you must hate me. And she's like, you know, I don't have hate. I never har harbor hate in my heart. And he tries to go ahead and explain to her again that when he's angry, he doesn't think um, and doesn't focus on what he's saying, which again, red flag to me. And she even says, you know what? Yeah, you're like a ticking time bomb. Um, and then he's like, it's life. And I was like, oh, the simple he gave up. He gave up again. <laughs> he, sh he showed up to the cafe with the mind of like, okay, I'm going to try and keep the scam going. But then he was like, I don't have the energy. It's like me when I'm on a, a, a date just for food. I just give up around like before the entree comes out. I can't even pretend to have this conversation with you anymore. <laughs> you just said a whole lot and you said it no so nonchalantly. And as it was registering in my mind, I was like, <laughs> did she just? So once upon a time, I was a, a very like low stake scammer. I wanted to see how long I could go without paying for any of my food when I first moved to DC. Like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I would just line up dates for every single thing. And you know what? It wasn't worth it because like it gets very hard to pretend to be interested in the things that the other person is saying just for food. It's so hard. And men are very uninteresting people. Right, yes. Yes, Amanda. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I only lasted for like two months. And what actually made it, made me stop was, I mean, I was bored with it, but also uh, I met one guy who started buying my groceries. So that's a whole different story. Maybe I'll make a video about it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I tried to keep it in. I cannot. <laughs> so I, I can see in his face, he like, he arrived committed to the scam, but he just gave up halfway through. He was like, I cannot go through with this. I've, I've had that same face before Osama. I understand. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> Ground 19, thank you so much for the super chat. April, I just learned so much about you in the last two minutes. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with myself right now. I am shook. And like C. Cruz says, we're going to need a story time for that. I gotcha. I, I, I will. So it's basically, y'all, basically, <laughs> okay, 
April is like game recognizes game when it comes to Usama. April was pulling her own scams back. <laughs> April was eating her her breakfast, lunch, and dinner out. I mean. Oh, I'm disconnected. Okay, you know I can't. I can't. I can't even. I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm totally thrown. But I was like, did April just say he just gave up on the con and then say I I recognize that because I gave up on my con? I was like, April, very low stakes scam. April, yeah. is that you? <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> okay, so we okay. Debbie says for Osama to win me back, it will take an act of God between his lies and his hidden agendas and his anger. How do you right so many wrongs, right? But I did it that way because even someone in the live chat said that the Southern Belle was gone. <laughs> and now you had, what did she even say? She said she's strong. You had stronger Debbie come to the table. And stronger uh -huh. Debbie was no longer the innocent Southern Belle. She mm -hmm. was like, I'm not effing around Southern woman. So um, like April just said, <laughs> Usama Usama's the one that says it's too late <laughs> it's too late you know when you're trying to do visas and the money and the documents you think that I just wanted you for the visa the money and the documents and to come to the US um, and then he blames her and says that was a mistake you did that wasn't our plan our plan wasn't to stay here our plan was to get the documents and the visa and go to the US. And she's like, the plan, what are you talking about? You didn't even mention marriage. You didn't mention love. Love is supposed to be the foundation of everything. Love can get you through anything. And you didn't mention any of that. And she's like, "You." it sounds to me that your love is conditional. And the condition is I must take you to the US. And she's like, you know what? I'm not doing that. And then he says, Oh, I'm so not used to all the fighting and the fighting makes me love her less. No, what's making you love her less is you're realizing that she put her foot down and you were mm -hmm. never, not ever, ever, never, ever, ever coming to America on her dime, on her visa. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> he saw his dream floating away. His scam battery was dying and he was like, I can't do this. Y'all, you all are scandalous in the live chat. <laughs> Graham 19 said, Linda, you should try it and see how it goes and let us know. Let me tell you something, Graham 19. I just wouldn't be able to do it. I don't. It's I, a lot of work. It's a lot of work, you guys. You have to keep a separate calendar, uh, line everybody up. I couldn't do it. You can't confuse people. They get very upset if you confuse them with other people. Um, it's a lot to keep up with. Uh, it's just I couldn't do it. I, I first of all, I don't I don't like online dating and I don't like like small talk and I will leave if I'm not in like I will just leave if 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 you know anything about me, you guys like I just I'm very open 
and direct, but if I'm not enjoying myself, I will leave. And I don't, it could be three minutes in, it could be two minutes in. Let's not waste time. Somebody's asking my birthday. Yes, I am an Aries. April, when is your birthday? April's an Aries, she says. Yes. Everything you've heard is true. <laughs> Carol says, how can you match with three men times 30? So three different men times, times every day of the month. Well, you have to double up some of them, um, but not many. Surprisingly, they're out there. If you just, okay, I'll give you one free tip. <laughs> Put something very easy on your profile, like, um, invite me to sushi or I haven't tried, I haven't had any good sushi in DC. Um, show me where the good spots are. They'll start offering right away. Y'all, we have become, what is a <laughs> joke? And I am fascinated that you all in the live chat are so interested. Like y'all want a course. How to scam by April 101. <laughs> okay, first you're gonna need a spreadsheet. Yes, Next, you're gonna you. have to double up. You need a Google voice phone. Oh my God. You know what? I cannot. I can't, I can't be a part of this. I can't be a part of this. My mom is praying for me to come on YouTube forever and ever with y'all the scamming men. I am not this. Amanda, I have a story about that. I I won't oh. tell it here, but another time we'll talk about Y'all kicks it. Oh my God. Okay, we have lost control. <laughs> we still have a bunch of couples to get through. Two more. Okay, so long story short. <clears throat> um, <laughs> greatest story ever. This is for the story and for Linda's laugh that I always love. April. Dot, dot, dot. Hope you can't get this barred for that, LOL. Nah, no, no, no. that was way in her past. She has, she has evolved. Oh, oh. <laughs> Let me not speak for her right now. Let me not speak for her. No, no, no. When people part with their money freely, there's no, there's no crime. No crime has been committed. Oh my. <laughs> Listen. If you're gonna strike her right now, Lord, go ahead and strike her. I do not want to be struck down by lightning. Oh my gosh. I'm getting hot by all of this crazy talk. Oh Lord. Okay. Okay, it's clear to me that you all want a course. So I'm going to leave that with April. Um, and maybe April will put that together and, you know, come on over. Come on over to the dark side on her channel. Yes. Low stakes um, scammers, subscribe to my channel. I'll give you a few low stakes scams. <laughs> there will oh. be no big prizes only little tiny benefits. <laughs> okay, so back to Debbie. 
Debbie's like, Usama, you don't like strong Debbie, and Debbie is getting stronger. So she says, so, and I think this is from the 80s, and I don't know where, where but she's like, talk to the hand. <laughs> I was like, she did not just pull that out, but it worked in that moment. Um, she's like, I've heard so much BS from you. I'm done. I'm going to go on without you, she says, and forget about you, and I'm going to forge a new path. She gets up and she leaves and she's like, I cannot believe the bait and switch. I was like, go ahead, Debbie. So she's packing, she's leaving for Morocco. And she says this, you know, how can you get angry at someone that never was? I was like, oh, how poetic. He was. He, he was. was. He exactly. In the flesh. <laughs> She's like, yes, in the sunset of my life, don't let your mouth write a check your butt can't cash. Like, don't really get it, but okay. I'm going to start talking to Taylor with all phrases beginning in the sunset of my life. <laughs> in the sunset of my life, you need to be home by 11 o'clock. <laughs> So she's now filled with a bunch of wisdom. <clears throat> she's like wiser Debbie. She's giving herself self-affirmations. Yes, I can. And she's talking to her suitcases. She's like, okay, soldier, onward. We're going to the USA. She talks about her son and daughter, Julian and Sandy, and their warnings becoming reality and how she's going to have to eat crow now. Um, she's like, I guess I have to wake up from the fantasy. And she gets to the airport and she's like, I'm getting out of here. Come hell or high water. I was like, if she does not pick another phrase, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. She has a lot this episode. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Bye, Usama. Bye. Bye. See you never. All right, Jamie and Chris, your thoughts. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted by Chris. Mm -hmm. And her excuses for why she couldn't be there. And mm -hmm. her, you don't have to work. I'm going to pay all the bills. And then suddenly, oh, I don't have the money. You're a gold digger. Yeah, all that. Wait. <clears throat> The whole thing is exhausting, but Jamie's trying. She is trying. She's trying to salvage a relationship that I'm not sure, sure she should be salvaging because I just have a lot of questions about Chris and we're going to talk about it shortly. So first of all, I, I have a lot of questions about this outfit circa 1980s. I don't know if it's the hat. I don't know if it's the sparkly red top. I don't know if it's like the multiple pinstripe jacket. With the, I just, there was a lot going on for me here. And, you know, that's fine. Maybe she's eclectic and all that stuff. But there was a lot going on in this situation. We find out, April, that she's been gone for five months. She's back in Bogota 
but she says it feels a little different to her, which is already me seeing that she's checked out, you guys. She doesn't really want to be there. She's checked out. And so it feels different because, yeah, you're not in your love bubble, but yet you have to come back to deal with the mess that you created mm -hmm. and the wife that you wifed up mm -hmm. in the nine days that you were there. <clears throat> so she has some more excuses that she had some family issues, so she had to stay longer in Alabama. So first it was her neck or back. Then it was her narcolepsy. Then it was she had to stay to work to, mm -hmm. to make money, but she was doing like garage stuff and, and mowing lawns and just like stuff that, again, your neck, your back. I don't know. Okay. So, but she had to come back to see if that, if her and Jamie could work out and get, well, she says, which I think was interesting. She said she had to come back to see if they could work it out now that they're back together. So when is it that you broke up? Probably during one of those times that she wasn't speaking to Jamie. So she didn't tell her we broke up. She, she just disappeared. That's that what she does. That part. So <clears throat> Jamie's getting ready um, to welcome her wife back. I thought that was really sweet that she said it that way. She's nervous, but she also has mixed feelings because she's still very upset with Chris. Right. She feels like they have a lot to discuss. Um, and then Chris feels the same way. She has mixed feelings. And then she says, especially because everything we've put each other through. And I was like, what exactly did Jamie put you through? Right. Same. Same question. Because I was like, mm, I don't, I didn't see it. Can someone explain to me what I'm missing? Because I didn't see her put you through anything. But here we are. And so she gets out of the ride chair. And you guys, I did I, did I, hold on. I didn't take a picture of it, but I need you guys to think back to when she got out of the ride share in front of the apartment and Jamie's coming out and she drops the ring and she's like, oh, I lost the ring. I said, that is a sign. That is a sign. That ring that you literally felt, it literally popped off of your hand and you lost it in the moment, that's a sign that y'all shouldn't be together. It, it was like a divine intervention. Here it is. Y'all don't need to be together. And here's the sign to, that that this is going to poops. Did you catch that, April? I got it. Yeah. So they have a bit of an awkward hello. And uh, they get into the apartment. Uh, Jamie's been very sweet. There's a sign that says, welcome home. She's got s'mores. She's got the fireplace going. Um, and it's still like awkward, right? So they have like a, a peck by the fireplace, but they both feel like they're kissing a stranger. And Chris talks about how there are deep cuts in their relationship. And they don't really know what terms they're on. If it's good terms, bad terms, they're both feeling a little bit awkward. And so they need to get through whatever the issues are. Um, and I said at this point, my note says, I think that Chris has checked out. I don't think she really wants to get through the issues. And she's looking for her way out. Because she, when she left, 
after she went and looked at that truck, the the food truck, that's when she really checked out. And when yeah. she left, she really didn't intend to come back, but she got married. And so she has some responsibilities to Jamie to deal with. And Jamie's going to continue to be a responsibility until she deals with it. And that's the only reason I think that she came back. I think it's too ambitious for someone who's never been out of the country to just think that they're going to pick up and live in a different country without having that experience. So even minus the marriage, this was just too ambitious of a plan, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I want to answer Graham's question because it's uh, immigration related. I was wondering why she doesn't go to the U.S. with her. Yeah, so she was... uh, Many countries require a visa to enter the United States. You can't just come as a tourist like us U.S. citizens. I'm assuming you're a U.S. citizen. You might not be. Um, Can go to many countries without applying for a visa beforehand. She is a citizen of Venezuela. So she would have to apply for a visa to come to the United States as a tourist. Um, If she wants to do a spousal visa, that's going to be a wait of about year and a half to two years to be able to get that and be approved to come to the U.S. So that's the reason she wasn't able to travel with her. Why, thank you, April. Yeah. Um, so the night before, they broke the ice by uh, dancing around in furry onesies and making TikTok videos. And now it's the next day, and they've decided that they are going to go swimming and... celebrate Jamie's birthday a month late, which I have a bunch of feelings about, but let me get through this part. So, um, so she said that her son got in trouble and that's why she couldn't leave Alabama. And because she couldn't leave Alabama because her son got, got in trouble. That's why again, for the second year in a row that she's been with, uh, Jamie, she misses Jamie's birthday, which I don't think that there are coincidences like this in life. So, they were dating long distance, if you guys remember. And Chris took off for the month of Jamie's birthday and then reappeared. And that's when they started having some issues back then. And then when she left back to America, five months into it, she's supposed to come back a month, like four months instead of five months. And instead she's like, oh, but my son was having problems, but it just happens to fall into the month again of your birthday. So what she decided to do is she decided that she was going to celebrate now that she's here and says better late than never. What do, what were your thoughts on that? I don't like that. I don't like that whole, like, I'm just going to do something extravagant. And that means you don't get to have feelings about me not being here for the actual birthday. It seems like that's what she thought was going to happen. And I don't like that. Yeah, I'm not here for it at all. I would not put up with it. I'm not for it. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you guys another sneak peek into my private life uh, because it's relevant. So um, he will remain in. Oh, April, why are you so close up? I get excited when you get ready to tell us a little bit of Linda's life, a little Linda bit. Time. And my birthday is May 31st and he would always miss my birthday. And he would try to convince me that my birthday was on June 1st. And when I say that he would try to convince me, literally he would try to convince me by making like, like Chris, making it like a big extravaganza where he'd have like dinner at a great place or he, he would be like, oh, we're going to go to this 
island and then we're taking a helicopter ride there and he'd make it like super extravagant right but it would drive me crazy because i would still be like but we're not celebrating on my birthday like what happened yesterday right so you didn't text me yesterday but now we're in a helicopter going to an island to celebrate on the first because you say my birthday's on the first and it would happen year in year out and finally i was like no i can't do this <laughs> What was his beef with the 31st? I don't know, but I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't like it. And he would literally like argue with me about it. Yeah. Yeah. That so you celebrating a month later, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. If you can't take the time to actually celebrate the day of my birth, then I just think that like I want to say the F word, but whatever. <laughs> like, just don't do it. So, ah, Amanda says, I love that we were both 31st girlies. Yes. So Chris has missed two birthdays. She's decided, which I thought was a super weird thing that they're going to go swimming. And I'm like, because Jamie even admits that she hasn't gone swimming in five years. So it's not like she's like, this is something I love to do. Like, where are we getting the swimming from? But whatever. She's, Jamie, excuse me, Chris is excited about um, the hot tub and the pool itself and all of that. And so they get there and it was a little bit, I want to say it was kind of sad. <laughs> like, why do you, did you, why do you have this whole place rented out just so you can go swimming and you have like these budget, I don't know. Anyways, they get there. Here's Jamie's like first reaction she is actually really happy that it says happy birthday. They've got cake and they've got these little swirly thingies and hats and stuff. I mean, what did you think? I was going to call it rustic. Hmm. <laughs> okay. It's the thought that counts. It's the best she could find as a non-resident of the, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I'm trying to give well, some with the thought that counts and go ahead and pay that rent that you said that you were going <laughs> to pay for her rather than rent out this bullshit. Sorry, not sorry. Like go ahead and, and cover that rent for a couple of months, considering that you haven't been covering it, saying that you would cover it. And now you have a bunch of excuses on why you're not covering right. it. Um, <clears throat> so that being said, they go swimming and I, I, encourage you guys because this is where i was super confused and i'm gonna need some type of doctor some type of back um chiropractor i'm gonna need someone if you're not in the live chat hit us up in the the comments later i'm gonna need to know what's going on because this is a woman that said she broke her neck that she said that eventually she's gonna have to get full on surgery with the neck brace, the whole nine yards because her whole back is messed up and her neck is messed up. But then we see her, as you see right here, running into the pool, doing this like flop, mm -hmm. flop, flop into the pool. And I was like, what part of your neck, your back is cracked? Mm -hmm. Because yes, I understand that swimming is great exercise, right? But jumping in and flipping and all that, I just, I'm trying to figure out what part of your neck you're back. 
What part of your neck you're back? You know what? She's just, she's coming back from the U.S. She's on them good drugs right now. <laughs> Listen. It, but I don't know. The last time she came, she said that she had so much trouble because of the flight. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The math is not mathing. No, it's not. Okay. The, all the issues are not issuing. Okay. It's the hard roads. It's last time you couldn't get out of bed. It is your neck is broken. You need surgery. It's going to cost you $100,000. And then it's your back. You can't sit properly. Then you got to lie down in the car. But now all of a sudden I see you running and jumping and, and diving into the pool. <sighs> that part, because she's capping. Yeah, it's all cap, Stevie Trues. So um the two of them have some mixed emotions about everything that's going on uh jamie's like you know we really need to talk some things tr through jamie feels that chris has been lying to her you know you promised me uh that you would be here for my birthday you know you married me and i get that being a parent is important and i get that you being a mom is going to be the first thing always but like you also have a commitment to this marriage it's not like you're her girlfriend you're her wife. Mm -hmm. And I also need you to take accountability about the money part. You know, you paid rent for the first month and then the second month, and then that's it. Chris is like, well, instead of, cause before it was a hundred dollars over budget. Now Chris is saying $150 over budget. Um, okay. But if it's a hundred or 150 over budget, at least give her what you said you would pay. And then she has to figure out the hundred or $150, but you haven't even been doing that. But then you want to tell your mom that, Oh, you sent her a thousand dollars and she said it was not enough. Well, she probably said it wasn't enough because you haven't been paying the rent that you said that you would pay. And she moved into the apartment because you had specific Western amenities that you demanded that you needed. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. So because she knew, in my opinion, because Chris knew that she was being called out for some of the things that she said that became not true, she said, lower your voice when you're mm -hmm. talking to me. Lower your voice or we're done. And then Jamie is trying to say, no, it's my turn to talk. And she's getting frustrated because it's my turn to talk. And of course, there's that language barrier there. So she's even more frustrated, but because she didn't want to be confronted by her lies, Chris gets up and here's the part where if you guys didn't see that little snappity snap part, that was the scary part because she said, as she stormed out, I told you to shut the fuck up and you wouldn't listen. Excuse me? Rude. You never talk to your partner like that. Never. First of all, crazy to me like that. Second of all, what you're not about to do is you're not about to cuss at me, telling me what I can and cannot say. Third of all, the fact that you couldn't sit there and listen says a lot because it tells me, like I've been saying from the beginning, that you checked out and you took it from zero to 100 because you wanted a reason to leave. Yep. She's, um, she was the conversation the whole time that they were gone over Zoom and 
Now she's avoiding it in person. Uh, Grab19 says, she's full of crap. I broke my neck five years ago in two places. I would never, I could never jump in the pool like that. And Renee says, Chris is crazy and have abusive tendencies. Maybe like emotional abuse? I just think there's something going on more there that we don't know about. You know, I know what the internet streets are saying. And I just think that there's more to this whole shenanigan um, than we know of. Yeah. Any last words about them before we move on to our last couple? I do not have any last words about them. Good yep. luck, Jamie, if you're just cruising through here. Right. Right. That part, Jamie. Some things are not salvageable. All right. Overall thoughts of Danielle and Johan's segment. Okay. So I had some hope when this started out that it might go okay. And man, it just, it went poof so fast. It went away. It went away. But anyway, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if Johan is ever going to be able to um, communicate in a constructive way. And I don't know if Danielle is going to be able to stop making digs at him. Because that doesn't help the communication either. Oh. It's doing a weird thing where it leaves and we come back anyways um i think what do i think about this whole situation i think that it's important to take time and get to know your partner before you make big life decisions that's what i think um i think i just went out again pardon i think i just went out again yeah, I did too. I don't, I've never had this happen, so I don't know what it is, but I'm glad we're back. <laughs> All right. So, Johan says that he loves Danielle. So, he's decided that he's going to apologize to Talon. And so, he asked for Talon's number um, and he wants to talk with Talon some more. So, he texted him. And knowing that Talon is a professional basketball player, he went ahead and said, let's go play basketball. And so, you guys, I, I'm but a clown because <laughs> I am shocked and appalled. But Johan has no basketball skills. He, I, I'm like, how can he be six seven and have no basketball skills? He has no hops. When he went in for this simple layup, and when I tell you guys, this layup could have been him just standing there, go on his tippy toes and go like this, and he still missed. I was shocked and appalled. <laughs> I was like, my note says, wow, he's terrible. <laughs> Taylor said it very nicely. He was like, well, he's not playing by the typical one-on-one -on -one rules. <laughs> I mean... The thing is, April, like, look where he is. He doesn't even have to jump that. I mean, okay, so I, you know, cover a lot of um, Hollywood movies and premieres. And there's a movie coming out. Uh, it's the remake of White Man Can't Jump. And I will have to tell you that 
in my mind, I was thinking Johan can't jump. Johan <laughs> has no hoops. He can't hoop, y'all. He can't hoop. And he literally can go like this and be holding on to the rim. What What is happening he, right he now? He had no defense. He had no offense. Maybe he's really good at soccer. Tall for no reason. But that's no, just, a <laughs> just a waste of height. <laughs> I won't say that. His only worth is not basketball, but it was very funny to see him because he chose this. He chose this activity. Listen, all I know is that he was terrible and I was just so shocked. Like, I mean, I guess that just proves just because you're tall doesn't mean that you're great at whatever tall people are great at. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's like, I don't know. He just shocked. I was shocked. That's all. (laughs) Anyways, he apologizes to Taylor for being rude and for all the ridiculous questions that he asked last week. But he did ask if Danielle was controlling in their relationship as well. And one of the things, again, that I do not appreciate about translators and translating apps is that they didn't translate exactly what was said. So Taylor says, um, yes. She's not a submissive woman, so she likes to have control as much as she can. But the app translated it as she likes to have as much control as you. You see how those are two very separate things. They are. They are. Especially because Johan is in this, like, masculine... stereotypical mindset where the man is like in charge of everything and the man is the man and the woman is the woman like that so for him to have it translated as much as much control as you versus as much control as she can i feel like that whole point was lost like i feel like that's not exactly what he said at all yeah um so then Taylor asked him you know do you feel like you don't have any control in your relationship i thought this was a progressive answer i don't know if he meant it but he says sometimes yes and sometimes no he likes it when they both have control and i was like do you because i haven't seen that play out yet but so i think i understood what he meant though what he i think what he meant was remember in like the first episode or whenever they were looking for the apartment mm-hmm. he said that he wanted danielle to be responsible for all of the cleaning of the house and things that need to be done for the home mm-hmm. even though they were both going to be working mm-hmm. so i think that what he meant by equal is that she has control of the house like the chores are all yours you have control over that and then i have dominion outside of the house on what we do, who we associate with, and so forth. Well, that's men who think that that's equal. Well, that's exactly what he meant because he went on to say, in the Dominican Republic, the man plays his role and the woman plays hers. So, uh, I think you're absolutely right on that, April. That's exactly what he meant. He likes when they have control of what they're supposed to have control over, and nothing else. Um, then goes on to say that Danielle likes to do what she wants whenever she wants. She likes to have her way or no way. And he finds it very disrespectful to the relationship. 
and he feels like she is not making any changes in her ways. And so his question is, you know, why did you get married? Because in marriage, there's sacrifice and relationship, there's sacrifice. And that's what Taylan says. Taylan says, well, you know what? When you're in a relationship, you both need to, to sacrifice for the sake of the relationship. Um, Johan goes on to say that he feels like he's done had too many changes. He's had too many compromises on his end and he's already tired, which is the big, big sign. That's something big to say. If you're just still in your honeymoon phase and you're already tired of the compromise in your relationship, well, how are you going to then extend it for forever? I don't know. Um, he feels like Danielle is not going to change for anyone. Um, and Taylin confirms that, says, you know, Danielle is who she is and she's not going to change. And Johan's like, well, if she wants this relationship, she's going to have to. Any thoughts so far, April, from that? I'm really not clear on what he wants her to change. Well, I think he wants her to be uh, in her a traditional role. So how would she, let's say, okay, he wants her to be a traditional, like, homemaker kind of person. Mm -hmm. How would she do that if she's still financially responsible for everything? I mean, I don't know. He's not saying what the game plan is. He's just saying what will make him happy, right? Because even if they move to the U.S., because I think that's the only thing I can, that's the only thing I can think of that he's compromising on, that he wanted to move to the U.S., right? Even if they move to the U.S. right now, there's no, there's very rare situations where he would be able to go to work and send his money back home the way that he wants to. And then they have enough money for her to just be at home playing this wife role. Most households don't have enough money for that. So I, I'm just not really clear exactly. But I don't think he just wants her to stay home. I think he wants her to to continue to bring in the money, but also in addition to that, that do the typical roles that he thinks that women should do. So regardless, it's the next day or later in the day, don't know. They're on the beach. Danielle's like the ocean cons her. She's tired of fighting. Um, and Johan's like, you know, I'm trying my best. I'm trying to compromise all the thing. And she wants an apology from him. And she wants an apology for the things that he's done in the last few days. And that is embarrassing her in front of the family, even though she put that whole birthday for him together and financed it. And then embarrassed her in front of the friend by making her seem like she's some, you know, trampy tramp. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she wants an apology, but he's like, well, you didn't say sorry to me. And she's like, well, for what? And for your lack of respect for the fact that you wanted to spend time with your friend the day before my birthday. And I was like, that is the most ridiculous thing <laughs> I've heard today. So let me get this. you want her to apologize for her saying, let's go hang out with my friend, which I know she clearly said, I have a husband, let me ask him and we'll come together. So what part of that Johan is disrespectful to your relationship. <laughs> when he said the day before my birthday, I was thinking about that girl who was like, you going to say that right in front of my salad? <laughs> That's how ridiculous it was. <laughs> it, I just, I I was like, I don't even understand what, so wait, so you're still holding on to that and you were expecting an apology 
even though you drank it up, ate it up on your birthday, the cake that she bought, you threw in the fireworks on it and you had a good old time. And she didn't even get to enjoy the rest of the party. Right. So why is she apologizing to you again? Okay. Oh, because you're disrespecting me and you want to be with your friends. Okay. And she's like, well, you're disrespectful and you say inappropriate things and you do it when you feel like you're powerless and it's not okay because you do it to shame me. Now, I've seen the online people um, when this clip came out and people are really commenting and y'all are just going in hard on her, but I feel like she's making some valid points. What do you think, April? No, I think she's making valid points. I think it's just that in the moment, um, what, well, I just think that whenever you're in a conversation with someone and you're having a disagreement, you can't in that moment pull out some line of other things they did to hurt you or pull out some pathology they think that you think they have. Like she's pulling out this pathology that like you do these things to shame me when you feel powerless. And like in that moment, that's not what we're talking about. Mm. That's not going to be helpful to the conversation. Mm. In this moment, let's talk about the discreet actions. You know, can, can he apologize for the discreet action of how he talked to Taylor and the discreet action of embarrassing you at the birthday party because once you start trying to pathologize it and you always anytime you find yourself saying you always do this that's gonna set somebody off they're gonna be defensive if you say they always do anything right so then he asks her what kind of relationship do you want and she's like i just want one that has trust in it because you don't believe anything i say um and she says just because there are things that you don't like, that's not my problem, she says. Which I was like, okay, hey, wait. So his, th his thing is he doesn't know what kind of relationship he wants, in my opinion. And I don't think that she's explained what kind of relationship she wants, in my opinion. I think that's where the clash is. And then she goes, she takes it a step further and says, you know what, whatever you don't like about me, that's on you. She's like, I am who I am and I don't want to change. And she's like, I'm not going to change because what I deserve. And so I'm not willing to change because April. Okay. I'm back. I was watching the timer go like, okay, when is it going to bring me back? I'm back. <laughs> uh, do you have any thoughts on her not wanting to change who she is because she says she knows what she deserves? Okay. Well, here's the rub. I don't even think that's the truth. I think she is willing to change. I think she is willing to make some modifications and compromises so long as he's asking for something reasonable. I think that she would absolutely be willing to do it. If she said, I have a friend in town, I want to go to dinner with him. And he said, I really don't think, want to do that kind of thing the day before my birthday. You know, I just feel like I just want it to be me and you. She would, I 100% think she would say, oh, okay, I can see that. We'll wait till after all your birthday stuff is over and then maybe do something with my friend. I think she is willing to compromise. Okay. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. How, I don't know. 
I'm not sure, but I would I would hope so because in a relationship that's what it's all about. It's about compromising with your partner. Uh, he also thinks he's doing her a favor and tells her that she has his permission to have friends. And I think that that's when he lost her because she's like, I'm a grown ass woman. I don't need your permission. I'm an adult. I can have my friends and my friends are who are my friends are and I don't need you to tell me. And so she got mad. She's like, I'm done. I'm done with this conversation. Go ahead and talk to your priest, your grandma, your grandpa, whoever it is, but I'm done. She gets up, walks away. She goes into the ocean and that is how they left it. Um, You know, I think that they're going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to figure out the communication issues. and, And I think at the very minimum, if you can't answer what kind of relationship do you want, then maybe you need to reevaluate whether you all should stay married or not. Yeah. Because it seems to me like you might not be on the same page. Yeah. And with someone like him and with the language issues, I don't really think you can have a productive conversation that deals with multiple issues. It's always going to have to be one issue at a time. And right. That conversation had too many issues in it. I mean, at the very least, let's start addressing one issue at a time because I don't even think that that has happened yet. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> Graham 19 says, I think he's mad because he knows he's not going to the States. I mean, she did say that once she moved there, everything changed, right? Um, his plan was always to come to America, so maybe he is upset. Uh, Clara B says, thanks for that perspective, April. There, I don't even know what I said, but you're welcome. <laughs> April is thinking about her small scam, so she's tuning out. But she'll be back. She'll be back, y'all. Next week, she'll be back. Back to April. Uh, oh, in the yeah. meantime, you guys, uh, thank you guys so much for being here. We had a great chat with you guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Go ahead and like, subscribe here, and then head on over to April's channel where she is live streaming this show as well. Uh, hit us up in the comments for sure. We will definitely check those out. We are always very active in the comments for the people that are watching um, the replay. And we'll see you guys all very soon. Thank you so much for being here. Bye for Bye-bye. now. Bye-bye.